0: Up? Hello everyone, it's Honor, Melody and Heather for the Life with Coach podcast. We are so glad you're here. Today we are going to talk about a lot of good stuff. And I first wanted to point out that Heather Heather started a book a few years back to really be a support and an encouragement to other coaches' wives and that is what basically was the catalyst for us starting this podcast. So Heather, can you tell me a little bit about um, what inspired you
1: to to do that book? Well, I wanted to help other wives with different issues that we all have. I mean, I think I know we live different lives, but a lot of it is the same. Like being alone a lot at the very beginning when I first started out, it, I, I went and got another job because at night after I went and did an eight-hour job during the day because Paul wasn't home until 11, And so I went and got another job. So I would have something to do because I just didn't want to sit at home. And so I wanted to be able to help other wives with issues and be able to talk openly about it. I mean, in the book, there are some anonymous um, comments, but there's a lot of comments by wives. I asked different questions and they answered and it's very insightful, kind of also makes you feel like you're not in it alone, that we're all in this together. and you know, been there, done that type of thing. So I wanted to publish it and get it out there and help as many wives as I could figure out, shoot, what we lived through, <laughs> see if well, I could help. I, absolutely,
0: it, it, it really is a unique profession um, that we married into. And, um, you know, I think about one of the hardest parts of being married to a, um, a coach is the time that you brought up, just learning how to um, be a couple and really work on your marriage, um, but not always having that quality time that you really want. Um, Melody, what are some things that um, you would say have been hard about being married to a coach?
2: Well, I wanna say the first thing is, um, it is definitely a life you choose because it's a person you've chosen. So um, it's kind of like they choose us and all of our weird issues as well. <laughs> so, you know, we chose a fella that is act as a football coach, right? And so um, in my particular situation, I married my high school sweetheart and his daddy was a coach and his uncles were coaches. And my daddy was a band director and I was a cheerleader. And so I kind of grew up around that life. So I kind of had some sort of an idea of what I was getting into, but I'm going to tell you, I thought I was so naive. I was I was very appreciative of my background because it gave me some sort of paradigm to live by. But the truth is, you never know what you're getting into that first year of marriage anyway. And then you throw into the mix coaching, and then you throw into the mix politics of a small town, and then you throw into the mix two people living together never had before. So there's a lot of different things that you are navigating individually, as a person that you're learning to grow and then as an, as an adult, and then there's things you learn to navigate as a couple. So I think one of the hardest things at first that I had to deal with was the time issue. So I knew he was going to be gone a lot. I knew that I was going to be alone a lot, but I didn't realize what that looked like, what that logistically looked like in our life. Um, so for me, him not having a set schedule every week, I'm going to work and then I don't know exactly what time he's going to be home. Me making dinner because as a new bride, I wanted to be the stereotypical. I'm going to have dinner on the table and the house all clean and my lipstick gone and all the beautiful things about being a newlywed. I wanted to have all that, but it looked different because he might eat dinner that's covered up with a, with a paper plate in the microwave, or I might bring him dinner at the field house. Or you know something like that. So I think for me the hardest part was shifting my paradigms to encompass football, while at the same time maintaining the principles of our marriage. So family first, faith first. So um, it's just a it's just a it's a delicate balancing act, and it's not ever perfect, and it's ever evolving. But that first year was exceptionally difficult. In general, just because marriage is difficult and then you throw into, uh, you don't have your spouse most of the time to work on things. (laughs) So you're working on things alone. (laughs) Um, so that's probably the hardest part about it is just being in a marriage basically alone. I kind of equate it to an army wife. So ours may be home in bed at night, but they're definitely not home emotionally and mentally. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, I agree. uh, they might physically be home and we know they're safe at home with us at night, but other than that, they're gone. So that's, that was my experience that first year.
0: Wow, well, it, you know, I think that's probably what most everyone would say is their, the biggest obstacle to get through um, because we just got married anyway and you're so excited about spending your life with this person. And I don't know about you guys, but I was so excited that my husband literally had the honor of doing what he loved Mm -hmm. to do, something that he was so passionate about. I mean, not everybody can do that. So I was just so thankful for that. I was all ready to support him and whatever he wanted to do. And um, what happens is as time goes on, you just need to be. Present and be aware that you don't let um, you don't lose yourself. That you still um, do things that are helping you grow as a person, um, while your husband's at work growing, and you stay together growing, and somehow work all of that out um, without actually seeing him. <laughs> so, um, Heather, do you um, have anything that you would add that was? really difficult besides the time?
1: I don't, well, I think that, that I know, like I said before, that was the hardest thing for me. And also, well, I guess it kind of goes, coincides. The time since he was gone so much, I did everything. I mowed the grass, I paid the bills, I did the grocery shopping, not that he ever helped me with that, because I like to go to the grocery store by myself without him, but It just, I mean, he made me, he always used to tease everybody and say, or try to tease me and say, I'm going to make her go through a season before we get engaged. So we got engaged in October or we got, we started dating, sorry. We started dating in October and then we got engaged the next October, but going through, I didn't live with him. I lived, came back from college, lived with my mom and dad and my dad traveled overseas. So I didn't move out. I may not have seen him very much. But I still had my mom there, you know? I, I didn't have to, I wasn't alone. And my mom and I split chores and did stuff like that. So it wasn't that bad. So when I married him and he would leave at seven in the morning or six in the morning and come home at 1130, I, I, there are days I didn't see him. And so it was really hard for me to have to do everything myself and make decisions. I've heard some stories from other coaches' wives that when we first were all together, a lot of us were newly married. And like they'd have a sink break or, you know, their car broke down or whatever. And you just kind of have to call a friend and hope that someone, because you can't call them, they don't have their phones on them or Paul didn't then. So it it just kind of went on all the extra stuff we had to kind of learn and just take over. Yeah. Well, I can tell you one thing that
0: I remember. It was even before we got married. Let me ask you this what about family and married to a football coach? For our family, my husband is one of eight and they're four sons and they're all in football. So we couldn't get married during football season and we didn't want to get married during um, March Madness. And we, we didn't, we couldn't get married in the summer because then that was the start of spring, I mean, a uh, summer training or training camp and all that. So we literally could only get married in May. And so that's just a small glimpse of what your future looks like when you're planning vacations or you want to see family that there's, it's not just time that you don't see him. It's how can you fit all of your family and seeing people and friends and cor- and incorporate it all together. Like Melody, do you have any um, examples of somehow that's been kind of a challenge?
2: Absolutely. Cause guess what? My brother coaches basketball, so we're kind of on opposite seasons.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> that really it, narrows it down.
2: It, it was So we got engaged and married in four or five weeks, I think. And I just delegated everything. I was like, look, I don't care. I just want to get married before football season. So um, our 15th anniversary is in two days because it's, it's right before all the summer camps, right before school starts, and right before all the games hit in. So yeah, we definitely planned around football season for that. And then even down to planning our first child, we planned when she was going to be born because I didn't want to be a single mom for the first couple months of her life. So I made sure to you know plan it out to where hopefully Harper would be born in the summer and praise the Lord. She is, she, her birthday's in June. So that worked out great. Um, But yeah, you really just have to set those. You have to have those conversations early, especially about the holidays with your family. You have to have those conversations anyway, when you get married, who are we going to spend Christmas with? Who are we going to spend Thanksgiving with? Who are we going to spend Easter with? And you need to go down the line and say, are we going to set our own traditions as a family? Or are we going to piggyback on either set of parents? And how are we going to split, divvy that up? And I think you just have to have those conversations early on. I think it's good to have some grace and some flexibility. And if you can split it up pretty fair and equitable for everyone involved, that's always a bonus, but it just doesn't always happen because there's some years that you're going to be in the playoffs past Thanksgiving. There's some years that you're not. There's some years that um, like this year with all the things with COVID who even knows what our seasons are going to look like. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of have to know that you just need to be flexible, have some grace. And um, I think where people really get their feelings hurt is they get so attached to expectations and 90% of expectations never happen. And I think if you live in appreciation for the moment in your family, then you're gonna be much happier as a person and as a couple. So if you just appreciate the the time that you do have together and, and, and use it wisely and maybe do every other year so you're not stressed out and um, just really try to engage and be present in the moment is, is the best advice I can give and work it out. Because <laughs> yeah. if you don't communicate beforehand, then it's gonna be a hot mess during and everybody's gonna be mad and nobody wants a, a sad Christmas, you know? Exactly. Communication.
0: And, and I will say gratitude. It's so easy to have these expectations, even if they're just small, even if you feel like you're not really expecting anything because you know, they're gone a lot, but you're like, couldn't you just at least do this one thing? But when I look about at it, I look and see, I'm so grateful that my husband, number one, he loves our family. He promised me when we got married, I will never spend one second at work longer than I need to. He said, I'm gonna get my job done and I'm gonna do it right, but I'm not gonna be that coach that just hangs out for as long as possible and avoids going home. And so I know I have that promise from him and I know that he wants to be with our family. So I just look at it as I'm so grateful for him and I'm sad about the things that he's missed out on. He's, he's missed out on Christmases when he had to go away on Christmas day. He's um, in play when we were in the NFL. He's, he's never taken one of my four children ever to college. Mm. And that's a really passage of time that he, that he wasn't able to do actually because of COVID and they canceled our season at Lafayette College this year he's actually going to be able to take two of my daughters to college will be the first time. So that's exciting. Um, How about you? Have you had some other things that you wanted to
1: to touch on? Paul and I talked, I mean, we got married late. I mean, we were both 27 years old. And so school, college was done. And And everything and everybody was pretty set in their ways, but I got lucky like with holidays. His mom did Christmas Eve or his family did Christmas Eve and we did Christmas Day. So we got really and she didn't want to do Christmas Day. So we got really lucky for Christmas. And um, we would just split up the days, but we also our family lived near each other lived within 15 minutes of each other. So we could go to one in the morning and one at night and it worked but Weddings, it's funny you'd say that, and, and births. I mean, Heath's birthday is August 31st. So I missed the first three games of that season. And, I, and he was okay with that. I mean, he was fine with that. He had a scrimmage spring game the day Lily was born. So he came in, and I'm only telling you this story because it's funny, you would, we had talked earlier about stories and I had totally forgotten about it. I was helping throw a 50th birthday party, pregnant. I was three weeks out from giving birth. And Heath had a, or Heath, sorry, Paul had, I don't know if y'all do that. I do it all the time. I go through the whole line of everybody before I say the name I really want to talk about. But Paul had the spring game. And so he was out in the sun all day. Came in, came to the party, was red-faced, had one beer. And I felt like I was going into labor. So we left and went to the hospital. And here I am in labor. And Paul is reeking. He only had one beer because it's so hot. Reeking. Reeking of beer in the delivery room, you know, waiting for me to go into labor. And the nurses kept coming in going, is someone else going to come in and help you? And I'm like, Oh, he'll be fine when we, when we get there, we'll be good. So I had Lily during spring season and Heath at the beginning of fall season. And it worked. I mean, I got very blessed that Paul let me stay home with our kids. And so I let him do his thing and I took care of, he did his job that he loved and I took care of everything else. And I always have.
0: And I just that's great when you can do that. I mean, um, and my husband too. He's like, if you can stay home, I think it's great. But I will tell you too, I think it's great if you can work as well. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of women tend to feel guilty if they're not at home and they have to work and they're away from their kids. But I just want to encourage any of you ladies out there, whether you're working or whether you're staying home with your kids. Um, you're still a good mom. And yeah. I know some moms that work all day long and they do a better job than some moms that stay home. So be encouraged that, you know, it's, it's, it's not always the time, how much time you can spend, just like we know that with our husbands, but we work on that relationship. But I will tell you, we have four kids, had a spring son. all three of my girls are fall babies. Mm. And we actually had every single one of them induced, on a Friday afternoon or Friday morning, because it was the only day my husband would get off early. He had a walkthrough. So he would drop me off at the hospital. They'd induce me. He'd have his walkthrough. I'd call him, okay, it's time for you to come. And he'd come <laughs> and we'd have the baby. So <laughs> so we definitely planned it all out. We waited till my due date. My kids would still be in me if they could, because they. I don't think they ever would have come out. They were happy, <laughs> um, so, um, but. Yeah. So, um, and what's one piece of advice that you would give a new coach's wife that might be listening now, um, that you wish you had known? How about you, Melody? Anything?
2: Yes, I do have a huge piece of advice. And, um, I kind of want to echo what you said earlier about your husband has his passion and don't forget who you are and your identity. Okay. Because here's the thing, our husbands are football coaches, but our identity is not a football coach's wife first. Our identity is who we are, like as Melody, as Honor, as Heather. Period. And awesome. I, you always have to know who you are. If you if you stop working on yourself, if you stop doing personal development, if you stop following your dreams, if you stop cultivating friendships for you that's outside of football if you stop cultivating interest that's outside of football, you will lose yourself. And when your husband's no longer a football coach, you're not going to know who you are because you've tied your identity to that as well. Because your husband's also more than a football coach. That's just his job. That's not who he is. So I really want to encourage new wives that yes, it's exciting. It's um, novel to, to and fun to say you're a coach's wife. And it is. It's exciting and fun and And a lot of, um, there's a lot of publicity with that and there's cute t-shirts and there's great groups like this and awesome podcasts to support us. But I just want to encourage you to never, ever, ever forget who you are and always be aligned with your purpose and your calling in life. So know that football coaching is a chapter and know that it's his passion and know that as a supportive spouse, you're always going to be there for him and that football family, but also make sure that you know who you are, um, who your maker says you are and who you are internally as well and your passion and drive. So that's my biggest piece of advice. That's that's
0: very insightful and I totally agree. And I do think that you, I mean, at least for me as a mom and a wife and um, supporting, you know, being that supportive person for my husband I've gone in and out of feeling like I've lost myself and then not and and now that I'm about to be an empty nester and all of my kids are gonna be out of the house um, I have spent the last two years really trying to figure out what my next um, chapter of my life looks like and a lot of people would say oh I don't know I'm gonna do without my kids and I'm so sad that they're not here, but I'm so happy that they're happy where they are. That's what our, as moms and dads, we're, we're, we are here to raise our kids to be able to be out on their own. And I'm actually excited because I'm really gonna do some things that um, I've always wanted to do. And so I, I just, um, I reiterate what you say that it's so important that you, each one of you has a purpose um, and you know your creator God has put those passions in your soul and it's important to honor those and and to really um, that's your gift to the world so Heather do you have any advice for any of those young coaches wives out there
1: well mostly the the thing I'd say is i didn't I wasn't in the education I wasn't in education I was in marketing in marketing and So I didn't work at the school. So I had friends there. I'd say, you know, it's always nice to have the coaches' wives as friends. And I say, get to know them and try to do stuff with them, even if it's just coffee or getting together. If you don't have kids and they have kids, go to a park. I mean, we had that when we first got married. We didn't have kids and there, there was a good mix. And we would meet at someone's house and kids screaming and running around. But we would get to you know, get together and spend some time together, but I also had work friends and I wouldn't do it really on the weekend. I do it when Paul was at work on, he worked on Saturdays. So I think it's really important to have a, have a community of people that you can talk to that aren't just coaches wives. And I know that's probably hard for some people because if they're teachers and the people there and they all, you know, married to a coach and everything, you don't have that. But I, I, it would be really good. Just sometimes they don't understand what we go through, but at the same time, sometimes explain, you know, just having someone else to listen to you, if you're having an issue or whatever, it it helped me. And so that's one thing I always have told people.
0: Yeah, I've actually, it's been interesting everywhere that I've gone, um, I've always loved the staffs, staffs and I've loved to get together with women and get to know them. But my best friends were never in football or you know, from my coaching. Um, my best friends really were. So my, my advice would like grow where you're planted. Mm. If you're there for six months or there for six years or 16 years, you don't know. And we've moved 13 times in 26 years. So I could very easily have said, I'm not gonna like invest here because I know I'm gonna be gone. I'm gonna be gone in a year or two. But the beauty of it is that I have such good friends all over the country and mm-hmm. I get to go visit them and we stay in touch. And because of social media, we really can keep in touch. Um, and they're beautiful relationships. And there are going to be times when we go places and my husband just doesn't have any, I do not say he doesn't have any friends, but he hasn't had the time to invest outside of football. Mm-hmm. And I have, so he's had to kind of adopted the, the husbands of my friends that I've made, and some of those have been some of the most beautiful relationships um, for my husband. That he's he's met other men, and then sometimes we go places and he may not meet anyone. And that's why I'm so glad he has the ones that he does, even if they're not in the same city. Yeah. But um, have um, Melody,
2: have you guys been in the same place or have you moved around a lot? We have moved to this is at, let me see, I'm going to count for a minute. He's at his fourth school, which is actually pretty rare um, in football coaching in the South. It's pretty rare. Um, And he just started that fourth job. So uh, where we live now is the longest we've ever lived in our entire lives, even as children. (laughs) Oh, Oh, yes. You've lived all your life. (laughs) Yeah, because his dad was a football coach and my dad was a band director and a school administrator and stuff. So. Um, Yeah, so this is the longest place we've ever lived, and it's six, seven years now, um, and he started his second school within the area here, so um, yeah, so we've moved around a lot, and I can probably pack a box faster than anybody, I feel like (laughs) we should have a contest, Um, how how fast can you wrap a set of dishes, (laughs) go, (laughs) you know? Um, I will face up in that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it's always fun to kind of reinvent yourself, redecorate, cleanse your cleanse your household of things you don't need. But um, I've, we've never moved with children, which is interesting because my little girl's six. So uh, we've moved houses, but never towns. So um, it I'm thankful that we haven't had to move communities with this new job. He's just going to be commuting right now. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh it may end up we do need to move just because we all know the hours and of a football coach, so it may be best for us to move. But right now we're just gonna stay put and see how it goes and uh feel this first year. And um, so yeah. I think we've moved like fifteen year fifteen times in our in our marriage. So Well, it's a blessing <laughs> when kids
0: can stay in the same place for a while. But I will tell you that my kids, it's also been a gift because they know how to get along with anyone because they learned that skill
2: of Mm -hmm. always starting
0: over and always starting over. They're never happy when it happens, but then six months into it, they love where they are. And kids are really resilient. So um, I think it's actually been a good skill, but it doesn't always work out that way. So I would say that's just been a blessing us.
1: Um, How about you, Heather? Have you moved around a lot? We've moved a little, um, a few times. I mean, we've lived in 11 houses and moved to seven districts, but um, I'm with you on the fact that the kids might not have liked it at the beginning. My kids never complained about it. If they didn't like it, they, you know, would never said anything. So I I like, like what you said. I like the fact that they could get along with anybody and, you know, make new friends easily. So I consider it a blessing, not, you know, that that it happened and they're okay, so. Well,
0: and one thing I'll leave you with, I think is kind of a funny story. My kids always say, people come to them and say, where are you from when you move to a new place? So where are you from? (laughs) And they're like, "Uh, I don't know how to answer that. They're like, do you want to know where I was born? Do you want to know where I lived the longest? Do you want to know where I went to high school or do you want to know where my parents live now? <laughs> Cause they're all four in different places. So we're, it's definitely unique guys, the club that we're in, but we should be so thankful. There's so many beautiful women, um, coaches, wives. And again, I just want to reiterate that Heather and Melody and I are so excited that we can be here. We can be a supportive group um we want to hear about what you're doing and the challenges that you have and so i, I believe you can go to um the life with coach facebook page is there yes, there's a podcast want, page, on yeah, the t- page. T-
1: tell me how we can get
0: um how yep. women can can get in yeah,
1: www.lifewithcoach.com and there's a, there's a podcast page and you can share your ideas and you can share for us to do a podcast during the week. And then your stories, just so we have them. So visit the website. Yeah, That's
0: great. Well, thank you to everybody who listened in today. Share this podcast with anybody you think it might resonate with. It might help or, or, or encourage someone. And we can't wait um, till next week to see you again. And so until next time, have a great week. Goodbye, hey everyone. Bye. Bye.